Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 12, we talked to Ben Lunston about teaching art during a pandemic. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babbler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Sonnenberg. Drew, things must be changing because we live in an ever-changing world, especially with <laughs> people being stuck at home and, and are safe at home, I should say. You know, it's a perspective thing. Um, but obviously, you know, the plans we had are canceled and places we were going, I can't, we can't go there anymore. Um, have you seen that change in your just daily life? Yeah, I think like... Tim, you and I are kind of in similar situations being worship coordinators in the wells, which is a relatively new position for someone to have full time. So there's not a lot of like continuing education built in for us necessarily. Um, so, but I, you know, I usually like to like go to a conference every year or something like that, but you know, there's, there's no doing that right now. So uh, what I what I was able to do, uh, what my church council allowed me to do, was buy a bunch of books about worship and art and creativity and stuff like that. And so I'm I'm really excited to read those. Right now I'm reading one called uh, "Open and Unafraid" uh, by W. David O. Taylor, which is a like no offense, David, but that's a really pretentious way to, to write out your name to have two two initials and separated like that. But anyway, sorry. I'm sorry, David. I'm sure you're a great person. I love reading your work. But that one's about um, the Psalms. Uh, There's the next one I want to read is called Flow by Lester Ruth. Uh, The subtitle for that one is The Ancient Way to Do Contemporary Worship. Um, So excited to see what insights they have as well. Um, But yeah, but that, that brings us a little bit to what we're talking about this week. We're talking about education and specifically arts education during a pandemic right yeah so as our most of our listeners know drew and i both uh, studied education Um, we have education degrees we definitely did not take a course in college that was how to teach during a global pandemic Um, so (laughs) teachers were basically on short notice having to change their whole way of doing things and we get some really great insight this week on teaching online specifically in a creative field like art uh, from our friend Ben Lunston. Let's get to that interview. Today we have the privilege of welcoming back to the podcast Ben Lunston. Welcome, Ben. Hey, guys. How's it going? You know, holding up pretty well. Um, for our <laughs> listeners who missed your last uh, episode, would you be willing to just reintroduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like you said, I'm Ben Lunston. I am a Wells High School teacher working at Minnesota Valley Lutheran High School in New Ulm. Uh, I, I'm on my second year there. I took over for, um, Jason Jasperson, who you've had on many times. He's a good friend, a mentor. Um, and before that, I, I did a lot of photography work for nonprofits and, um, as well as graphic design and web design, um, for the past couple of years. So I, I made the transition out of the creative industry into, uh, the teaching world. And it's, it's so far so good two years and, and I absolutely love it. Awesome. Cool. And so last week we were talking to an, another friend of yours, uh, Mike Weekman, who's also a, a Wells art teacher. And we were talking to him about something completely different. But when we got done, Tim and I were like, how does an art teacher 
teach in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, like it's, <laughs> it, it feels like a, even more unique than most of the virtual learning that's going on right now. So we'll, we'll just kind of start it there. How, how do you do it? Like how, how can you do art uh, virtually? Uh, I mean, that's, that's a great question. If you know someone that has the answer, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think the, you know, throughout this whole process, I've been, I've been trying to stay incredibly positive. I mean, what a blessing that this is happening now. I mean, even backtrack 10 years. And if this was 10 years ago, I don't think I would be where we were at. I don't think technology would, would have been able to keep up with this. So thankfully, I mean, there are a sea of resources out there and really great examples of institutions and teachers that have already been teaching online for a long time. So for me, it's it's not so much a question of how at this point, it's a question of like, what's the easiest way to do it? Or how can I, how can I take these great lessons from um, other organizations and other individuals and implement them as quickly as possible, I think, is what I'm what I'm trying to do anyways. Sure, sure. And I guess one of the, the first things I thought of as I was like, how would I try to do this is uh, materials. Like, usually when you have an art class, you come in and you have the paint there for you, or you, even something as simple as having the paper or the, the pens or whatever you're using. So how have you dealt with that, the fact that some of your students might not have access to the materials that they normally would? Yeah, so this, that's that's one of the things. I mean, uh, we were so much more fortunate than a lot of schools. I mean, there's uh, I'm, a, I'm a part of some really phenomenal teaching communities on Facebook, and um, a lot of these schools went away on spring break and they never came back. And so the teachers didn't even have time to prepare or even consider what they might do. And for us... Um, luckily that wasn't the case. We at least had like, I think I had about three or four days to really start going, okay, this is going to happen. And how do I prep for that? And with so many different classes, the only class I actually sent anyone, um, materials home for was my drawing class. I, I felt just for those guys, it was really important that they had. And, and luckily this year I, I did something that I saw again online. I, I do a lot of my learning through observing what other teachers have already done, but I had little, um, like clear, like they're nicer version of like zip bags essentially. And they kept their pencils and their erasers in there. So I basically loaded them up with, um, charcoal and blending tools. And I had bought bulk packets of like kids watercolors, which are actually really fine to use if you're not looking to make, you know, something that's going to last a hundred years. Sure. So, so luckily for drawing, they went home with quite a few supplies. But then in my other classes, honestly, one of the first things I did is there's a um, there's an exercise of just, hey, go find materials around your house. It's traditional and non-traditional material scavenger hunt where um, I just I just did that this week for graphic design. So graphic design is probably that and ceramics were the two courses where I probably lost the most sleep over sure. just thinking about how how are you going to do this and so now this week one of the things graphic design is doing is they are they're going and they're documenting all the different materials they have around their house everything from like actual pencils and paper and pens to you know like uh i had someone i had someone do oh what was it uh dryer lint <laughs> 
you know, and they're just making these weird collections of things where it's like, okay, Dryerlands, there's a, an abundance of it. And how <laughs> might you use that in the future? I have no idea, but I'm, I'm excited to, I'm excited to find out. And, and so I think, I think for me, the best part is of, of everything you could possibly teach art is the one that I think maybe, and maybe I'm biased here, but is able to just kind of like roll with the punches. Cause the whole point is that, you know, we think outside the box, we get creative constraints. I talk about constraints constantly and it's like, what a better constraint <laughs> you're, you're in your house and you might not have, you know, all the materials you're used to, but we're still going to make stuff. Sure. And I, I'm not sure exactly what your, um, you know, mod, modus operandi looked like when you were teaching in the classroom setting, but a lot of the art classes I've been a part of are very much you teach a skill and then the kids replicate it and things like that. And you give them opportunities to explore and blend styles and whatnot. And I'm sure that with having so many different mediums now, it's it's not looking the same as it did in the classroom. Where do you see the biggest shift? I think for, for me, that's really, that's really, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's I was struggling with drawing. I actually put a poll out to my students early on as far as how they wanted to uh, move forward with the rest of the year because the the intention for that class is to draw people. And so we had just finished, you know, spending a week drawing ears, spending a week drawing the nose, spending a week drawing, oh, what else do we do? The lips. And we were just about to get to the eyes and for me, it's when you're when you're dealing with stuff like that, it's so much easier to just have the students there and be able to respond to what they're actually doing and give them input that way, as opposed to I can't watch you draw. I don't know what you're doing at home. And then even if you're uploading pictures every single day, how's that going to look? So now it's now it's more about I'm I'm really just focusing on and this is what they wanted too for the most part, was just focusing on making sure they're staying creative. And really using kind of the the broader skills that we talk about. So, for example, one of their projects uh, for the middle of this week is they're just doing, they're basically looking at their life right now as a movie. And they're doing thumbnail sketches of like different scenes throughout that movie. So you have to, you know, it's, it's basically like little storyboards. And I give them constraints like they're just not allowed to use pencil. Like I just, the finished piece can't be done. And pencil, I sent them all home with Sharpies. So, you know, whatever that looks like, you're you're basically putting yourself into, you know, a movie director, storyboard artist mode and going throughout your day. So so it looks more like that. And it's and it's just me loading them up with here's examples of thumbnails. Here's a video of a great artist on YouTube doing thumbnail sketches. And I introduce the whole week um, with a video by me where I try and talk about it and show them examples. So, yeah, and and ceramics, ceramics is probably the wildest one. I, I think I spent no less than like two or three hours talking with Jason about it, and um, the ceramics professor over at Bethany Lutheran College. I talked with her probably for an hour to two hours about it, and what it turned into is basically a build your own course for three D design. So I just broke everything up by a one week project, two week project four, six, and eight-week projects and let them choose. And I was like, hey, you you decide which one of these things sounds good or if you have an idea, you come to me. So I've got students doing whittling, uh, making sketchbooks, designing their own dresses out of found materials. Um, two students are actually going to 
process their own clay. So they they live on farms and they're gonna they've got clay deposits and they're gonna go through the whole the whole gamut of digging it, drying it, um, wedging it, and then making hand built stuff and building pit fires and actually firing it. So wow. that one's that one's just crazy. And that one I'm just playing project manager. Sure. You had mentioned earlier how it's almost a good thing that this is happening now as opposed to 10 years ago because of the things that are available to us, uh, the online classes, the the ability to send videos back and forth. Um, which of those do you find to be the most beneficial as you work with your students and continue to, whether it's project managing or uh, doing instructionals or things like that? Yeah, I mean, video is obviously the biggest one. It's It's been interesting for me in the last two years is really one one thing that just kind of blew my mind is this this crop of students isn't necessarily at least at our school because we're we're not one to one we're not uh, super focused on computer usage so their their knowledge of okay if I go and do something like Google Classroom how does it look how does it operate isn't as clear cut as their knowledge on a phone so I try right right away and I and I I have not done a good job so if my students are out there I'm sorry but I got on TikTok. <laughs> And I've got Snapchat and Instagram. <laughs> and, and I was just trying to post stuff and say, hey, guys, I'm here. Here's what I'm working on. And I would get um, videos back every once in a while. But I think video has been huge just to keep morale up and to see the students. And, and I make them all do weekly check-ins where we, we meet in groups together. So that's that's been really great. And then YouTube is just, especially for like the ceramics courses, I don't I don't know how to whittle. I don't know how to make a dress, but I know how to research and I know how to find great videos of people that do. So that's been awesome. Yeah. We were chatting a little bit before, before we started recording here about how in some ways the constraints have opened us up to a lot of new possibilities and a lot of like collaborating with people that we might not have in a normal setting. Uh, have you found any ways that uh, you, you even think that, you're doing something better or in a more creative way now that we have these constraints? Yeah, actually. So two, two places in particular, one, I, I, I really like the application Trello and getting it implemented in my publishing class was just kind of difficult um, in the beginning. Cause students are just really, they're just very opposed to it. They didn't want to, manage everything through an application and now we don't have a choice but now that we're in there and the students have been using it man it's just so much easier to clearly manage who's writing what and who's editing what and who's getting photos for what and and i i've been really impressed with how well they've been doing in there and um and i think they they can recognize that too and then and then i think graphic design and ceramics i'm actually so ceramics is just giving the students an opportunity to pursue things they're interested in and to put the learning kind of back on their shoulders and say, Hey, you want to, I got a, I got a kid that's going to do an architecture project. And it's like, cool, it's on you, but what a great opportunity I think for them, if they really decide to, to take hold of it is okay. You get for the next six weeks to just dive into architecture and see if this is something you really like. And in my graphic design uh, because they don't have Photoshop and other applications, um, we're actually implementing a curriculum that I, I found um, from someone I met online. And it's actually something I was already thinking about doing 
um, over the course of the next couple of years is changing the curriculum closer to what we're using now. So it's actually proving as like a testing ground for this. And I'm, I think the students will be better for it and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And then for me, I've, I, I, I've made some just crazy connections in the last couple of days. So I, uh, I had a video chat with a graphic designer. He's just world-class is, uh, his name is Ben Stafford. He is just a phenomenal graphic designer. You can find him at benillustrated.com. But he basically is making the leap from full-time artist to teacher. And my buddy connected us, and we talked for an hour. And I actually floated my graphic design ideas past him, and he gave me good feedback. So things like that have just kind of blown me away. And then another one is Maggie Appleton. She's an illustrator out of London. And she just tweeted and was like, hey, uh, I want to just meet people. So here's a calendar, sign up for times to video chat with me. And they're, they were only supposed to be 20 minute chunks. And her and I talked for over an hour and it was just, it's just awesome. And now I can give those input and resources back to my students. And yeah, so it's, it's been good, I think. And I think that's one thing, maybe uh, you'll have some insight on this too, but I believe that there are things that we are doing now that is going to shape what we do in the future. And maybe for you, it's the way that um, you structure classes or the expectations we have of students. Uh, for Drew and I, the way that we structure services and how practices and rehearsals work. Do you see that kind of working together for what you would do? Like, are, are there things you're doing now that you'll probably continue even as we get back to face-to-face -face meetings? Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. Um, when I went up to St. Croix Lutheran and visited their art classroom up there, which was just phenomenal. Uh, one of the things that they did that I've just had a hard time implementing is basically the finished product of every student's work would just go into a Google Slides presentation and every student had their own, excuse me, had their own slide page and they would have to take a nice, clear, professional photo and then it would go in there and then they'd write an artist statement in the speaker notes. And what it does is, A, it gives you a place that all the students' work lives. And then B, it gives them a little bit extra motivation because they know everyone's going to be seeing it uh, and it's going to stick around. And then for me as a teacher, I can I can reference that year to year. So I, I actually started implementing that this week. And I think now that the students have been in Google Classroom, now that they understand it, and now that I've kind of got these things you know, in motion, I think I'm definitely going to keep keep some of that for next year because... Um, one of the best things I ever read about one-to-one -one classrooms is they're really not, I, I don't think that there's science to back up the fact that they're good for the students, but there is to back up the fact that they're good for teachers. When I look at like assessing and grading and helping with the organizational side of things, I think, I think that's what I'm going to take away from all of this. So how would you say that your daily schedule has changed now that there's not face-to-face -face meetings and things like that? Like run us through what does a day look like for you now, maybe compared to what it was before? Yeah. So this is, this, this whole epidemic has been uh, focused on my Achilles heel, which is just like not necessarily time management, but um, I guess I didn't realize how much of a routine I actually had, but it's very hard for me to, make new routines and keep new routines. And um, so for right now, what it is, is Monday through Friday, I have what I'm calling like office hours. So from basically like 8.30 to 11 every single day, I just have an open 
Google Meet video, and all my students have the link to that, so you can just jump on at any time. And then my wife uh, works at BioLife, so she is um, going into work still every single week, and she just changed her schedule, so she goes in from noon to nine every day. So basically after lunch, it's me and my boys, and then any class work that I'm doing is, you know, responding on the phone to emails or student questions. And then my kids go to bed around 7.30. So then from 7.30 till 9 or 10 o'clock at night, I'm back on the computer and prepping materials or, again, answering student questions. Uh, sometimes I do late night office hours if students can only meet at night. So that's that's most of it right now is I'm actually just splitting my time between school and family and I'm, I've realized I'm really, really, really bad at helping with my students' homework. <laughs> I just, I can't, my, after, you know, I've, I've had to restructure all five classes that I teach, which I know a lot of people had, but after like all that brain power and just putting all of it into that every single day when it comes to like first grade assignments and there's like 12 sheets and this is social studies and this is math and you have to read the question. Oh man, I just about like <laughs> lose it every day. So my MO is like, I bought outdoor books for kids where it's like, Oh, here's like today we're going to go and we're going to um, study tree bark. So you just take a piece of paper and a crayon and you just rub the crayon on the tree bark and then you've got the texture of the tree. So we're going to see how many trees – like that's my thing is like we're just going to go outside for like four hours so you guys are exhausted. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm gonna not be staring at a screen and then we'll come home and eat supper and go to bed. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's that's about it is it's, it's somewhat routine um, but not as, not as much as I probably should. Awesome. Well, do you have any – like to kind of close us out here a little bit what's maybe like the most surprising or unexpected thing that's come out of all this for you like you mentioned like cool things like your your students making dresses or using dryer lint but is is there something that like just like really shocked you like you you were not expecting yeah i don't i don't know if it was i i know what i'm what what comes to mind right away i don't know if i wasn't expecting it but I was that first that first week where things really started to to change and once everyone was actually staying home I guess I was just completely blown away by the teaching community in general uh it was just super humbling and really exciting to know that I'm a like I I feel I still feel like a fraud you know I I don't <laughs> have my teaching I don't have my teaching degree I'm trying to get synod certified I'm still just kind of living day to day and to be a part of this community, whether it's the, it's just, I, I, you know, I'm a part of art teachers groups and I'm a part of Wells teachers groups and just seeing how great everyone is at supporting each other and building each other up. And, oh man, teachers have been sharing resources constantly and motivating each other and just making goofy, stupid videos. And it's, it's been really humbling and really like super motivating for me is just going, okay, cool. Like I'm actually somehow, you know, God has blessed me greatly that he's put me in this position during this time. And I'm trying to really make the most of it and make sure that I, I deserve to be a part of such a great community of people. And then too, it's just the creative, like, I hope, I hope everyone realizes this, like we're all creative, like it's, it's not, there's not one subset of people that is creative and everyone else is just 
you know, vanilla. I am just blown <laughs> away by the creativity of so many different people, whether it's humor or it's like some ingenious way that they're getting their kids to study or it's how they're supporting, you know, their friends or their family. Like it's, it's, it's really great. Re- like kind of having the world go, Oh, this whole, like thinking outside the box and being creative thing is, is, uh, is actually kind of fun. So I, I hope that sticks. Awesome. Well, we want to thank you again for taking the time to talk to us today. It's always a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you guys. I, I appreciate it, and I, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And I wish you the best with everything. And I, I've, I've been enjoying seeing what you guys are, are sharing so far. And, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully this will be over sooner rather than later. But until then, I, I think we're going to keep making some awesome stuff. I definitely agree. Thanks so much, Ben. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great day. If you like that topic, you should give a special thank you to uh, Angie Mokentine, one of our past guests from the podcast. She sent us an email and was like, hey, I think this is a really good idea for a topic. And we love hearing from our listeners. So please feel free to reach out to us um, on social media at Wells Creatives, or you can reach us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. Also, a big shout out to all of our patrons who help keep this show going. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast um, and you'll get access to bonus content and cool things like that there and we pray you all had a blessed uh holy week and easter celebration uh, it's just wonderful to worship even in a new way like this to continue with our online series we've got bread for beggars festival online be sure to check out those uh live streams that are happening on weeknights at 8 p.m eastern 7 central thanks for listening we'll catch you next time <laughs>